Hello, welcome to the Scott Gooding Project Podcast. Each episode, I'll chat openly with someone passionate about what they do and have a vision for our future. The project is designed to be thought-provoking and hopefully spark conversation about optimizing health and performance. Today, I'm joined by the amazing Beck Jolly. Now, Beck is a mother of four with her youngest son, Eli, on the autistic spectrum. Beck shares openly with me her journey with Eli, pre-diagnosis, through to diagnosis, and now on this discovery for betterment of health for him and the rest of her family. Please stay tuned. I hope you enjoy. So, welcome, Beck. Thank you for having me. You're, you're most welcome. Um, took us a bit of a, a juggle around with technology. I think we both can admit that we're uh, not too savvy when it comes to technology. Would you say? Would you say so? Oh, look, I can't save myself or anyone with technology at this point. Although yeah. I think I've figured out the laptop issue, but I'm now too scared to try and call you back. No, I think I think we're on a on a bit of a roll here. So stick with what's working. Don't touch. <laughs> Don't touch your mouse, your keypad. <laughs> Just leave everything where it is. I'll sit on my hands. It's fine. Yeah, step away from the computer. <laughs> Put the technology down, woman. Yes, that's it. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, I guess I was going to mention how we met, but for our listeners, we haven't actually met, have we? No, which I find, I have to say, I'm really miffed that I can't see you via Skype because that's one thing. We've talked on the phone, we've messaged each other, texted each other relentlessly, um, and I was actually looking forward to having, like, FaceTime with you, so that was a bit disappointing. It's been so many months. Oh, look, um, I haven't done my hair or my makeup. <laughs> you're sitting there in curlers, aren't you, really? <laughs> The last two days, I've gone to work with toothpaste down my chin, um, <laughs> and I've just started taking this turmeric supplement. Um, ah! So, unbeknownst to me, I went to an event last night, and I was about to speak in front of a hundred women with like orange stains all over my mouth and toothpaste down my chin. Oh, so, look, you're trust dish. me, you're not missing much. Audio's uh, audio's fine. Oh, that is gold. So, but yeah, no, okay. it's it it is interesting with everything that we've um especially with how involved you are and how many months it's been, uh, to not actually meet you. It's I have to say I reflected on that about a week ago to um have formed such a, a bond and a trust with someone, especially when it comes to your children. Um mm. that that's really it's a strange dynamic. I haven't done that before. No, I mean I guess yeah, I guess it's common now that people meet online, but probably for different reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you we need to make it clear that that's not how we met. We did meet on Instagram, of all things. It, that's um, it. That was um, and it was I was hunting your uh, fabulous cooking and your recipes to tweak for the kids and myself, and. Um, I didn't expect there to be an, a real human at the end, and there was. <laughs> well, do you think I'm big enough that I've got a an army of uh, robots to reply to my messages? Oh, I don't know. You could be that busy in the kitchen, but that's what it – I was – yeah, I have to – like, I'm, I'm being honest. I was uh, quite um, surprised at how invested you are with what you do. 
and I think that's uh, that's helped along with this journey between you and I. Yeah, I think about this quite a bit, and it's. I think there's a couple of things at play. Like I think my appearance puts people off. You know, I'm, you know, six foot mohawk, tattoos, tattoos. <laughs> um, you know, and that's nothing out of the ordinary these days. But I think people make the assumption. You know, they, they Judge jump a book to, by its cover. Yeah, they jump to conclusions and possibly one of them isn't that um, I care as much as I do. Um, oh, absolutely. I have to – and I, that was why I, I said that is because you do assume, like, I'm going through um, your feed, um, Instagram feed, uh, looking at your recipes, making it viable, but that's when I started to, um, like – chat under your your pictures was what can I do here what can I do there and to actually get such an authentic response um was surprising to a degree you you think well I'm not going to divulge much because I don't know who's on the other end of that but um as soon as you can look past that facade to what your passion is then it's so much easier to connect but that must be such a barrier for you um I guess so. I, you know, I try and walk through life with as much transparency and hope. But look, we might not get any of this, and if that's the case, then we sit down and do it face to face. Old school, and we write we write it out longhand. That's it. Uh, actually, I'll bring Facebook. slate. We can <laughs> chip it in stone. Dictate it. <laughs> All right. Where were we before we were rudely interrupted by more technology? Um, we were saying um, how, how amazing I was. How we found on Instagram. <laughs> yes. I was trying to look back over messages and see when that was. I reckon it was about seven months ago, hey? Yeah, it was um, the school year hadn't started and that's when I really kind of jumped on you was um, that was the motivation with Eli um, was to give him n- – the best start into this school year and um, I'd seen the changes especially over Christmas going crazy with food and his emotions and everything were fluctuating so that's when we came about so it has it's okay so we should probably um, backtrack just a little bit and kind of set the scene for the the motivation for um, reaching out and I guess uh, I guess probably you need to set the scene in terms of family life and who this very special person is, Eli. Uh, Eli is my youngest son and he's seven. He turned seven in January. Uh, he was diagnosed at three and a half as being on the um, autism spectrum. And... Uh, Uh, I always knew he's not my first, so I was fortunate enough uh, to have that kind of instinct on reaching milestones. And with delayed speech and other prominent flags in regards to um, autism spectrum, uh, he hadn't, there was no speech. Um, But being a bit relaxed, you let it go. A bit longer. However, there were very prominent things from birth. He had quite a few gut issues, and 
bowel movements. I had to physically help him with bowel movements. Um, up until he was five, he would I'd have to lie him on his back, rub his stomach, and he would have to physically push his feet. Imagine a woman going into labour um, and being in the stirrups. This is what um, Eli had to do. And so, so a this, bowel movement this was for like him. Once or twice a day. Yeah, and it's a 20-minute, half-an-hour exercise. Mm. Um, he would be bright red in the face. He's pushing. He's literally almost bearing down mm. um, just to have a bowel movement because his gut and the muscles weren't working efficiently. And when you already put that to um, – he was still in nappies, so that mm. was a concern. Um, and he only got out of nappies at – Five, mm. um, five and a half, just before starting his prep year, which was 2016. Um, so it was those things. And with the gut issues, uh, of course, that's not – it is on uh, the list of things, the boxes, if you will, that you have mm. to tick. Um, however, they always also say there can be a kink in um, – his digestive tract and his bowel that as they grow, it naturally, because, of course, they don't want to put children in for surgery unnecessarily. So with other things, we waited. Um, however, there was still no speech and he was light sensitive. So a lot of his a lot of his early years, especially the first three, um, he would always be in a dark room. Um, he wouldn't have strangers. And these were friends that... Uh, dear family friends that I've had for well before his birth, he wouldn't meet eye contact with them, wouldn't meet eye contact with me. He became very distressed, screaming. It, he was so highly sensitive um, and emotional. So as so you it, can it, imagine, it, I mean, you're a, I, it's hard. It, yeah, it's and you're a very in tune, smart cookie. Were you, were you um, suppressing... Uh, I guess fears and the thought that he might have, he might be on the spectrum and sort of um, it's, saying, it's strange. Oh, saying to yourself, you, oh, maybe he's just shy or. Absolutely. I gave him every excuse. Uh, mm. His speech was delayed because he's one of four. I've got four children. Yeah. Um, and he's number four. So, of course, especially my eldest, who's now 20, there's a monumental gap between them there's 13 years so um he's got three other siblings that were doing everything it's a rowdy house so he doesn't have that's why he's not speaking he's got everyone waiting on him hand and foot yeah. you know you put your head in the sand because you don't want it um but then as each indicator came more and more prominent to the point where uh, we had to walk a certain way to school and if we'd forgotten something, uh, one of the kids had forgotten a hat and I've got him in a pusher, I couldn't just double back up the street, go back to the house and grab the hat or the lunchbox. We would have to do a full circuit because that's how, that was his routine and it was the same street every time and he wore the same clothes the same way. That, so you literally go shopping and you buy the same outfit in different sizes because <laughs> the meltdown, if you cannot get it, it's not yeah. worth it. Yeah, right. um, so you do, you want to make excuses for him and you get, it's so instinctual, this protective mode. Um, 
but then for me um you do relent and you go to a doctor you end up going to a pediatrician and a psychologist and that that's hard getting that diagnosis it's slight relief but it's almost a tsunami of emotion of what's life going to hold and when you've got psychologists telling you that he'll baseline at the mental capacity of a two, three-year-old, minimal speech, another parental, you know yourself as a parent, this wave of, oh, I don't think so, <laughs> kicks yeah, you've in. Yeah, you've got it wrong, buddy. I know you're wearing a white lab coat, but you've got it wrong this time. You do, and you're like, my no years of education against all those degrees on your wall, I know better. Yeah, no, no, you got it wrong. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm reinventing the wheel. Yeah. Um, and you do, like, so I do left you, that do appointment. You, remember, you must remember that that conversation with the doctor when you got a diagnosis. You must That must be quite etched on yeah, your memory. Yeah, it's, um, it's quite a process you have to actually go through, which uh, any parent walking down this path or any child with special needs you, you're forever in a waiting room um, and you're having discussions where these are the people who are there to help you but for some reason you feel like you're going into battle every time yeah. you walk in that office and um, and it's hard and you do you sit there and I have to say our paediatrician amazing um, and he was he was just like okay this is our roadmap and you're not going to hear anything that I'm going to say for the next 45 minutes. Um, so I'm going to book you in in two days. <laughs> yeah. And he's right. You hear it. And I zoned out and I'm watching Eli on the floor of his office. And I just, I knew it. I knew it was there. But um, so I didn't of, want that for him. Yeah. You're a, it's being affirmed. Yeah. But you, you're still resisting the news, I guess. Absolutely. I don't want you not to have the education, the desires to be whatever you want, a car mechanic, yeah. a tradie, yeah. go to university, get your doctorate, travel yeah. the world. Yeah. This is a child who wasn't even saying mum and I felt like someone was taking his options away from him already. Like I had by this stage had him enrolled in university <laughs> in my yeah. mind and you see yeah. all of that natural want as a parent disappear in the space of one appointment. Yeah, wow. And it rips you. you go, I, I did. I left the oh. office and I was dry reaching in the car and you're trying to oh, put them in the car seat and you're trying to be fine and yeah. you just feel ill and you yeah. literally cry for a good 24 hours. You just... Yeah drop out of society and then um, and then the process starts and it's a, a long process of initial appointments and uh, just so you can get them enrolled in early intervention is, is what they, they normally term it and what programs are necessary and speech pathologists. So he started with a speech pathologist um, and that was twice a week. But even, even that, like I'm just sort of, I've got a son, as you know. Mm. Um, if I said to him, okay, Tashi, you're going to go and see a speech pathologist, I would have resistance from him. So is that sort of magnified um, with you Eli? Can... Like, is, is there, like, just having an appointment or 
something. Oh, you would have to still now. Like he's now yeah. seven and I have to give him two to one week's notice to get a haircut. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you can't just spring something on yeah. them. Um, it, it just does not work that way. Um, so you do your best because you look at this child uh, who's three and a half, nearly four, mm. and I know it was. it's like looking someone through window, like foggy windows. Mm. I knew he was behind there and I knew he was getting what I was saying. Um, so you do, you chat to him and you don't, you know, there were sounds and things. He wasn't mute, but they're just, he couldn't. And they, you know, they then look at the structure of his mouth, um, for dyspraxia and is his tongue working, the roof of his mouth. So all of a sudden you're trying to deal with, I need to get you willing to come to another doctor's appointment without screaming, throwing things, the usual fun things, um, but, of course, once the diagnosis is there, your team behind you, so you'll have a paediatrician, they literally throw a speech therapist at you, a psychologist at you. So you're bombarded, which is wonderful, um, but you're so overwhelmed and you're trying to get through to this child. These strange people, you don't even like family members around you. You feel like you're betraying them and the trust that you do have. So I found a beautiful speech therapist who, um, after two failed attempts of going to an office, I found a speech therapist where they are aware of the situation um, when you have someone on the spectrum and they come and do the sessions in your house. Right. And that was the game changer. That's yeah. for me. And that's what she said. She goes, I'm a guest in his world. Yeah. Forcing isn't going to do anything. And... Um, that was my first eye-opener of you've got to look outside the box. And um, as soon as I realised that I needed to look outside the box, um, it started a massive chain of events and which ended with you and, well, hasn't ended, but um, has taken it to the next level um, where I'm certainly down the path of more alternative methods due to where Eli is on the spectrum, but um, I'm ferocious with you can't stop every day, you can't rely on um, what's gone behind you, you've got to keep looking further ahead. Yeah, and ha yeah, have an open mind. I think, oh, I think, yeah, um, as a parent, you know, the things that I want for myself are, is only magnified. In, in Tashi, you know, I want him to be, you know, for me, I want to be healthy, I want to be happy, I want to be strong. I want that tenfold for him. Oh, so it's you know, you do, you do have to look beyond convention and work out ways to optimize mm -hmm. health. And so I think that's kind of where you're at, isn't it? You kind of um, oh, absolutely. Um, and I don't think because I often uh. I think any parent anyway, but especially parents uh, with special needs, pickens, um, you find yourself reflecting and it's normally late at night. And uh, I think because of the other children, I do stop and um, I think, you know, have I gone, what did I do differently and have I done enough for you as well? And I think where we are now, we have 
an obligation to give them the freshest start because I think society's changed that the fresh food and convenience everything's lost its way yeah and I'm I have to say it was a kick in the pants for me um, because I have had to strip certain things away that um, you are giving them the best choice by going that extra mile um, and looking for other methods than are just presented to us as hard and fast options. Yeah. Well, it's going to benefit you and mm. your family, isn't it? Oh, I think... Um, uh, the older ones would miss out on movies because Eli being um, sensory sensitive, he couldn't do the loud noise in a cinema or a crowd. So to go to a festival, a carnival, Luna Park, the movies, parties, if I couldn't have anyone to sit, um, being a single parent I and my parents were overseas, um, it, those things the kids would have to go without. So the impact of special needs, it's through the whole family um, and it's your day-to-day. You're living kind of in fight or flight constantly because everything can change. One thing can trigger them and their emotions are so fragile that it can go literally um, the flip of a coin. So uh, to find that way that can manage emotions and uh, calm them down so when they go in full flight they are responsive to you um, it helps everything helps and that's where food now for me is pivotal with him yeah so I had um, was I've got friends who um, professional tennis coaches um, uh-huh. And I was just, you know, having a a late-night whinge that I can't even get Eli to pull pants up. How is this not happening? How can you teach someone to serve a tennis ball? And so I actually, and you do, you devour books. So um, this friend of mine recommended a book about um, deep practising. And it looks at if you're wanting to hone a skill, whether it's playing the violin, playing tennis, soccer. And he actually went around the world looking why there are hotbeds like Brazilian football players and things like that. And he goes, so he runs an academy over in America, a tennis academy. And he goes, we're actually adopting this thought process now. And he threw some authors at me and I started to follow this fellow's research and he just said, um, you know, it's it's a hundred, uh, what is it, 10,000 hours of practice and it's doing one task for a short burst. Don't give it hours. Don't put too much expectation. And have a look at other methods, chiropractic and something that um, was mentioned was total body modification. And I thought, we don't have this information in Australia. So um, I kept researching more and touching base more in America with um, this absolute hunger. And um, a friend of mine recommended a place locally that looked at acupuncture, chiropractic and uh, TBM, total body modification, uh, these different avenues. So there I went um, with this little Eli Mm. and... um, 
they started doing, uh, he was going three times a week for chiropractic adjustments and this also was cranial manipulation. So they'll work with the, which took so much trust on his part, um, where they'll even go inside and deal with the roof of their mouth. And so they're resetting him that way. And then we started uh, using can brain you, gym. You just, just describe that um, method? Um, so he will have, uh, if people are familiar with chiropractic, so they normally do adjustments on the spine or neck. And he did do that. Um, and they'll look at the, his pelvis, the alignment of the ribs. So, so the, to see that. Um, the, uh, what was it, the cranial? Yeah. So what they'll do is they work up the body and then at, towards the end of each session, they'll actually look at as the plates form and fuse. Mm. Um, because, uh, as you know, um, when children are young and they're born, their actual cranium, their skull, is quite pliable. Yeah. I think mine still is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think mine's ever formed properly. <laughs> Certainly not what's in there. Not um, the right but they one thing they've found for some reason there is a link um, with speech delays, but um, strongly with cognitive development, uh, the formation of the jaw and the roof of the mouth. So they'll look at the mandible and they look at the whole section and they would do slight, they are literally inserting fingers and I know it's not for everyone and I'm not saying it's going to solve it but he to the point where his speech therapist who he was working with twice a week wondered whether I had put him on with medication or bit him to take words and so we maintained I started to see changes through different avenues we went through um a great place, True Health in Ormond, um, three times a week and we started Brain Gym where they will take those kind of hands-on manipulation and chiropractic um, procedures and they link it also with stimulating both sides of the brain and getting cognitive function going. Right. So we were given exercises um, to do and we became – by this stage, I'm like a dog with a bone. Yeah. <laughs> Give me anything and I'm, I'm after it. Yeah. And I s started reading the books that my friend had um, suggested and they were saying the same thing. These top coaches um, were saying the same thing, that you've got to get the brain fires and the more you fire it on little tasks but often, mm. you strengthen the insulation around those connections and so I was like, okay, I want to get strengthened. And I was mainly looking at brain function and exercise. That was the relation I had at this stage, um, at strengthening the myelin around these connections, the synapses. Mm. And um, I was like, okay, so morning and in the evenings we were doing brain gym on the way to taking my um, middle two to primary school. And um, I started to see a change. Right. He was focused. Uh, you could get him to be a little more reasonable. This was a child who couldn't have different foods touch on one plate. So I would put him down for dinner with three or four different plates in front of him. Right. Because we, we would have a meltdown if peas touched carrots. <laughs> okay. And um, so you anything that can 
get them to be a little more reasonable, a little more open. Um, he would lash out physically at his older sister and they they look like twins. There's just shy of two years between them. Uh, she became the brunt of a lot of his frustration um, because you've got to remember that inside his brain's working, he's frustrated at himself because he might want something but he can't say it, he can't get those messages out and that's where frustration comes from. So a lot of people when you're out will just see it as bad behaviour. Yeah. And yeah. they look at you and you've got so many things going on because you, you know, he's hitting you or throwing things and people are like, God, that child's so unruly and you're like, no, there's just yeah, hang on a, a lot going on. Oh, yeah. It's, um, and it, it really is. So you, you're fighting so many different spot fires. Um, but one thing as I was going through his chiropractic and by this stage they were like, try and enrol him. He, we couldn't enrol him because he wasn't toilet trained. <laughs> um, he's in nappies, so it, he wasn't able to go to kindergarten. Um, they have to be trained um, to use a, a toilet or a potty, and he wasn't. Um, so I was still fighting those physical uh, issues as well, not just the speech and the cognitive issues. Um, so I started to take that kind of thought process of if I can get brain gym, gym happening where he's pulling up and down pants or he's allowing me to touch his head where I could give him a haircut, let's put instead of training for a grand slam, I'm going to train you to use a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to train you to allow things to touch on your dinner plate. And that's what it is. You choose one battle and you go for it and you go for it. So um, slowly so how, he how started. Let, let's talk about the um, food on a plate. Like how does that actually manifest? So dinner time, ordinarily oh. you, you've got your different veg on different plates and your protein on, on another plate. How do you start bridging the gap? He wasn't, he wasn't just a picky eater um, like the others or like any child. Um, you know, they want this. They, You know what feeding time is with a baby onto a toddler and it's arsenic hour. It's um, it's it can be really hard. So that's what I call it, arsenic hour. Here we go. Yeah, most people um, refer it to but, as witching hour, but uh, arsenic <laughs> hour might be more to the point. Okay, mine was clearly that bad. <laughs> if anyone can relate to arsenic hour, go talk to your doctor. You might be on the um, autism spectrum. Um, that should be a box that you have to tick. Is it witching hour or arsenic hour? Yeah, right. Um, it, he would. He, before speech was developing and, you know, praise be to a speech therapist, gave him the power of speech, no. I can't tell you how many times I heard no. Yeah, right. <laughs> Finally he could tell us no um, and that's all I heard. Oh, man, that's all I heard. Yeah, right. Um, but to the point where it's not, not just refusing to eat, we're dealing with screaming, blood-curdling screaming. And you're trying to, I can't understand, slow down, show me. And then it was. Things would touch each other. So instead of fighting that battle, I would just put out small plates, like a bread and butter plate, and put each food on that and give him options. And I just said, okay, we're going to eat. And I'd say to the other kids, we're, we're treating this like tapas. This is how we're now going to eat. So because I need him being able to express no 
in terms of food. Oh, cooking, he was you were kind of you weren't sure whether it was the ingredient or where he was oh. sitting or the time of day. Like it could be any any variable, right? So you kind of you go through as soon as you lock onto either a food or and I this is bizarre, but it's a color plate. That's if I can break it, Scott. If I can seriously break it down, I had to buy purple cups, the same purple cup, because that's that was his cup. Yeah. So I could put the same water. <laughs> you know, it doesn't look any different, boy. Yeah. I could put that water in, and he's thirsty, in a cup, point blank. We will scream mm. if I turn the tap on and fill that specific purple cup. Bam, happy. Yeah, okay. That was that was another thing though. Um, that was another trigger. Is uh, you know, all child have a favorite toy, have this. On the spectrum, it takes on a different meaning. It's not that they're picky. It's not that they just have their favorite thing and you're giving in. It's they have to have such routine and mm. the same thing every day. Familiar. So you do how you said same time. As soon as you start discovering. Okay, he's going to eat this, and then you figure out: is it the colour? Is it the texture of that food? So you do. I put more effort in. God, it makes me sound like a bad mum. It put me more effort into preparing his food than I had for the other children. Yeah, well, you know that's understandable. Because I, I, but you could see at this stage still, if you didn't know how what was going on, mm. you know you when you're onto something that wins, but and then it was weird. Uh, he, I'm not someone who can handle a lot of spice, um, and this was a child who wanted spice, like curries and things. Mm. So I've got a three-year-old that I can't get to have steam veg or other things that I've given the other children, but give him a curry. <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand. I don't, like, I... But this is what it was. So I had to start figuring out ways to hide food and curry sauce. Let's do that. Let's go. Yeah. You want it in a curry? I will put it in a curry for yeah. your child. The man after um, my heart. <laughs> that was it. It's, oh, you want to see now? Like, this is a child now since uh, five because on your birthday, everyone gets to choose. Do you want to go out for dinner? Do you want me to make you something special? What's your birthday dinner? Curry. <laughs> So we'll go That's down so to the the local Indian restaurant. They know us and they know what he likes, how he likes it, yeah, and perfect. he's treated like a king. It's gorgeous. Beautiful. It really yeah. is gorgeous. That's, that's awesome. Um, but it, it was, that's, you know, <laughs> I still at that stage had put him down as picky eating. I hadn't – I had joined and crossed the bridge of physical activity – and that that would have him firing more and uh, the change in him if I could keep him active. Mm. I hadn't joined the dots with the food at this point. Right. And if I had, um, I think if someone could have told me at that three-and-a-half, four-year mark, start playing with food in a different, with a different mindset, yeah. man, game changer. Really? Uh, I'm still thankful now. Uh, I just wish it wasn't at six or seven. I wish I'd done it. So you know, at no point, I know you backtracking to first diagnosis and you get an army of 
specialists and consultants to dietitians aren't dietitians. in there dietitians aren't in there did you say no you have a speech therapist you will have a psychologist does, does um, that seem alien now like does that does that seem like the missing piece to of me the um with where i've the last uh, 18 months i would say the last two years 18 months um of watching eli uh, nutrition and what I can say through the um, autism support groups that I'm a part of, without fail, almost daily, you will get someone having a rant, a vent or celebrating about food. Mm. Um, and now, in hindsight, my greatest thing is if I've come across anyone with younger children, um, my first thing is I know food is hard. I know they're picky eaters. I've been there. I've got the T-shirt. Um, don't give in. I know it might be easy to give them the white bread or the chicken nuggets mm. because you don't want to fight that fight mm. because it's late in the day and you can't be bothered. If people can see the relation between their emotions, uh, their focus, their concentration and food, you you – you're cutting down the meltdowns, mm. so it isn't a battle. But you, I do understand it, and there are some times when I just want to give him whatever, but I know that he's going to be better off this way. So um, with, with there being no advice on... None, no one has spoken to me. So uh, Researching myself. on your own sort of self-exploratory -ex journey. Yeah. I so, um so that I, I don't know that just kind of bamboozles me to be honest like um, you can uh, we have a book um and I know uh, everybody one thing you need to understand is unfortunately every child is so different on the spectrum mm. they're like snowflakes every single one is different so some what can work for one however there is a common theme that comes back to nutrition and yet in the Australian Autism Handbook in the things that I was reaching out to the chapters on food are, are minimal they'll say avoid some color or preservatives try and avoid this suggested but no one is giving you any structure or advice they're telling you get into speech pathologists, um, how to get funding. But the sections on nutrition, it's just not there. So now you've seen improvements in Eli as a direct result of embracing some foods, eliminating others. Are you, do you feel almost like a duty of care or an obligation to kind of share what you've experienced with others in your community? Without doubt. Yeah. Um, the penny drop moment actually came first. For me, um, and how I started to hunt you on uh, Instagram, for use of a better word, um, because you do, you become a stalker. You're after information. Like, I will sit on my laptop and just go through every site. And the connection with nutrition and autism in America is very strong. And it's getting this groundswell. And there's the, the few books that I did get in regards to uh, nutrition, um, uh, all American. 
Right. I, have, I haven't found one Australian, and that's actually, it's really upsetting. Um, a, because they do a different approach to a lot of cooking and, and ingredients and things, but I don't understand why it's not prominent here. So I actually stumbled across through um, a friend who has multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. Um, so by this stage, um, I had uh, gone Eli through Brain Gym and started to realise that we could have certain meals and he would be so highly emotional, crying, screaming. The next 24, 48 hours, depending what he ate, would eat, was crazy. And so I started to think, hang on a minute, it's more than just food colouring. He functions better with some foods, just as much as other foods are negative. And that's that's all that's out there at the moment is don't give them this. No one's telling you what to give them. Yeah, right. There's a massive gap. And when you're so overwhelmed, you can't it, – it's hard to hunt that for yourself and you don't know where to, who to ask. I think that was the most frustrating thing. Um, so you can't, yeah, you kind of left in the wilderness to a degree with this kind of thing. Hey, like it's one, as you say, it's useful being told some of the foods to avoid, but the conversation doesn't stop there. You need to know what is going to make him thrive and nourish him. Yeah, him but, guts, uh, you know, strengthen the neural pathways and. And this isn't this wasn't me. Um, I had by this stage. Um, unfortunately had a marriage breakdown um, through the process of Eli's diagnosis and um, so by the time he hit four years um, the kids and I had were on our own um, and uh, other factors uh, as well I had actually started to lose weight and look at my health and it was through changes um, a friend, literally, actually I think it was my mum, got me a cookbook. And mm. so I started eliminating things from my diet and it slightly changing the family meals and I saw a change in Eli. Yeah, amazing. And that's when I really looked at the more uh, breads, pasta, gluten he was having, the more he could be highly emotional. He would be cranky. He would be teary, all of those things. So you slowly bring those down. But I didn't know what to replace it with. I didn't know what type of cooking. So, you know, I'm trying the kids on the cauliflower rice, all of this type of thing. And um, it's a learning curve. And that's how I started following you on Instagram is I needed recipe ideas. I was at my wit's end and I need, I'm not, that's not my field. Mm. Um, and so slowly I started to uh, to look for who was doing this type of food who was you know giving options that were cost effective that were all of these other things as well Um, because that comes into play I'm now doing the children on my own um, so everything from finances to time to you're exhausted at the end of the day um but then I needed, in the back of my mind, I'm like, but giving him that fast option creates a meltdown. Yeah. If you take the time and give him something, 
we're going to avoid the meltdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but- so that was that was the thing. But um, I didn't expect if I'm like hand on my heart, I did not expect the changes that I saw from the last six to seven months from working with you um, in regards to his nutrition. That now has prompted me to, you kind of fight your own battle, but now, absolutely. I think if there's more awareness about this, the children on the spectrum are getting a better head start as well. Just um, just for our listeners, are there, I mean, I know you acknowledge that everyone's different on the spectrum, they're all like snowflakes, but have you noticed any commonality in ingredients and foods that, have helped Eli that might help other parents? Um, the one thing that I saw, uh, it's a no-brainer I think for everyone, but especially children on the spectrum, various colours and sugar can just run wild to the point where they're unresponsive. Um, so you, you start to break down those areas um, and taking sugar away from any child, well, taking sugar away from me is no fun, um, but you start to look at those and it was uh, through different ways uh, of cooking. So it started cooking with um, a lot of recipes with coconut oil, using things like that. Um, the more vegetables I could get into him, which is so excruciatingly hard, but the more vegetables I could get into him, the calmer he was. Right. And I, I know fruit is, it's got a sugar content as well, but it's a natural sugar. Um, the more fresh food I could get into him, the more receptive he was. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's, it. it it's not like he's uh, rocket science we're dealing with this stuff. I'm talking... He's calmer to put on shoes to get mm. to school. Mm. Um, Which when so you've got three other kids, yep. your own shit going on is yep. a make or break of your morning, right? I've got uh, his at university now, but my eldest was going through through the marriage breakup. He's doing VCE. I've got two others that I'm trying to transition from one primary school to another primary school and make new friends. And I'm trying to get someone into kindergarten who can't even get out of the nappies. Mm. If someone was telling me to put together fresh raw food and top it with this, I would have throat punched them. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I, you can get anything in a size 8 with her permatan bouncing around saying, if you cook this, rah, rah, I would have met her. Like, it just, which every now and then I have to laugh about you in Bondi. <laughs> My permatan. <laughs> Looking you how you do. No, no, I mean it's kind of a compliment, understand. maybe a backhanded compliment. <laughs> but I have to say um, – that's why my biggest thing is when I'm talking to people and I'm providing links to you, I'm like, oh, no, please, this actually works. He knows his shit, man. Well, this is the thing. Like, we're going back to perception, right? Oh, yeah. I can't, you know, um, I mean, you've mentioned that we're kind of working uh, in unison to, mm. to nourish Eli and have been talking for the last six or seven months. Um, but I'm 
I can't come into your community and make suggestions. I want to be your support because I believe it would be a case of who the fuck is this guy with tattoos and, you know, his Bondi trainer and, like... I know. If you look at your tattoos, your mohawk and your muscles and if, (laughs) like, seven months ago you had turned around and said, do this, I would have gone, (laughs) "Uh (laughs) uh-huh, step aside. (laughs) But it was actually talking to you and it took no time before you were suggesting let's do these little tweaks let's take what we've got and take it slow that I actually looked past the facade and went holy shit he knows and your whole approach of taking it slow and don't change everything all at once because he won't he'll down tools and he won't look at it again and I don't know whether that's from you being a dad um or just being really bloody savvy at what you do but it was it was the little things that Eli didn't see coming but were having massive impacts on his mood and you gave me about MCT didn't we yeah we started with um Well, before I had, like, we had started communicating, I was already tweaking your recipes um, because I had gone through two other places and they just, um, the kids weren't eating it. Um, So I was effectively just opening the bin lid and putting my wallet in there. Um, And I was getting frustrated. So on top of getting someone through VCE, um, you know, separation, all of those things, I didn't have... I couldn't give a rat's ass to be doing that crap. Um, and I was put onto your Instagram and uh, they were for what I call, and you probably hate it because it sounds like Women's Weekly in the 70s, they were family-friendly meals. Mm. And a lot of the stuff I wasn't having to go to obscure hipster convenience stores. They were, it was local produce. Um, it wasn't yeah. breaking my budget. And I could shop for it on the fly from picking the kids up from school and Eli off on one. Uh, there were quick things I could throw together. There were knowing when I've got a big day on, there's stuff that I could put in the slow cooker. Um, well, this, you this, covered- is, this is actually like music to my ears. Like my, my foundation message is to simply encourage people to cook more at home because if they're cooking at home, they're using real food. But you've got to make it as easy as possible because everyone's time poor and oh you know what i mean so Um, make it affordable make it easy um but also make it familiar and comforting so you know we have this attachment to healthy food being you know as you said like hipster food and superfoods and alfalfa sprouts and all that shit but well if i can be honest yeah i didn't get you in the beginning you, you, are. <laughs> you know how we've been like friends now for six, yeah. seven months? Prepare to burn that bridge. Um, I didn't get you in the beginning because I was looking at your pictures and I was looking at your food and I'm like, I'm, it's high fat. What the hell are you doing? Uh-huh. Like I'm now going to have obese kids. They might be calm, but they're so obese. That's why they're calm. Um, <laughs> like I'm, I'm being... <laughs> I'm being honest. I'm like right. thinking I can't see how this is good. Like, you know, um, and so, but lo and behold, look, 
I went with it. And so instead of just opening Kellogg's uh, cereal or toast with Vegemite where you think, oh, it's Vegemite, look, folate and vitamin B because it says so on the ad, um, or Kellogg's because there's an Iron Man telling me to have it, um, and it's what we grew up with. I literally, I'm, I'm not, I, I shit you not, I literally get up 10 minutes, not half an hour, 10 minutes earlier. I now do bacon and eggs and the kids are needing less snacks at lunchtime throughout their day at school anyway, which helps my budget. But it was those tweaks of giving them protein and fat in the morning that, bam, I was like, okay, he's got me on that one. I'm listening. Um, and so I kept going. And then the other meals, the, these kids are full. I'm not giving them dinner. And then, you know, the good old trying to get them to bed and they're hungry. Those things are gone. That's so good. Um, and that's when I thought, and I have to admit, I was watching them to see if we were going to get a bit husky. Um, a bit and husky. it wasn't. What's husky? <laughs> You know, like a bit chubby, getting it's a bit, bit loo uh, loose around the edges. Bit of jiggle when you wiggle, um, <laughs> and there wasn't any of that. And I just went, but I've increased the fat content of their food, um, and I was surprised. Um, we're eating more fruit and veg. Um, you know, like I can't keep, and I've got a massive bowl, and. It was just about how it's readily available. So if they're snacking, they're going and they know what they can get. Um, and so that was always there and there's a massive high turnover of that now. But there's other things. And I know people say eating healthy is more expensive. That bottle of um, MCT oil uh, that we you got us on, um, that's $18. And that lasts because initially, okay, they're only having maybe, I think it was half a tablespoon, then a tablespoon. Um, now it's kind of hard to judge. He at least get will definitely get his one tablespoon in, but then I'm now using it in different areas as well. Yeah. Um, so I can't give you the exact quantity uh, of that. But that's not – I remember – and I was like, could you tell me what to get? And I'm thinking I'm just going to have to go, you know, sell a kidney. And um, it was $18 for a bottle of something yeah. that calmed him down. So it was uh, tangible, the, the effect on him. I think I jumped on you up and down with fireworks and streamers 10 days, two weeks after we had introduced the MCT oil. Yeah. So... And it was surprising. Um, he wasn't he wasn't solving the Rubik's cube at this point. Um, he was calmer. Um, he wasn't fighting uh, his sister, which she's very thankful for. <laughs> um, he was just calmer. He would still have his moments. He would still have his moments without doubt, but um, the edge was taken off. Yeah. If that's uh, anyone with a, a child or a grandchild or niece, nephew on the spectrum, um, if you could even just round off those sharp, curve, you know, yeah. edges of a meltdown, it's a game changer. Um, and it was. So that's when, for me, um, I thought I need to give over my trust onto this Bondi boy. And... Um, <laughs> 
the impact on myself, um, you know, I've gone from teetering between 79 to 81 kilograms down to like 54, 56. Oh, wow. Um, and this is having a high-fat diet. And yeah. I eat like, you know, when I eat, I'm now also mindful of that. It's we're sitting down and we're eating. We're not on the go. We're not – everything changes, and I think that helps as well. Um, and getting him in the process of the food, and I found that, um, you know, because he does like to touch and things – that that was a way that I could introduce something by having it there and he would see it, he would touch it, then we would start to cook with it. So it's not a quick change mm. um, and there's different steps. Definitely I'd say to parents just it's hard but this is a war that you want to start. Unlike yeah. the little spot fires and battles, yeah. if you can take a deep breath and go in with this, the turnaround, even from the MCT oil, it's it's worth this fight, this initial change in diet. Um, and there are times when I started following your your recipes and things, and I thought, nah, I, nah. But then, bam, things would change, and it but is so when you can take. No, Sorry, go. No, I was going to say. So you know, for people listening, um, you know, they want to experiment with MCT uh, are, you, are you putting it in smoothies or just he's just taking it off the spoon like because um, you, you want to integrate these things as yeah you have to possible. take with anything um, and as you said you know just get it in slow um, and I did so um, I don't don't know if um, people who are listening if they're they've had any um, knowledge of this but as you had warned me um it can upset your stomach so especially with children take it slow so i thought the best way to do that uh was to put it in a smoothie so we would have um a smoothie his favorite one in the morning would be like half a banana coconut milk uh chia seeds and raspberries or blueberries and just blitz that up and i was putting the mct oil in that so there's he doesn't even know it's happening. Yeah, it's pretty tasteless. Um, but like anything, uh, each child is different. One thing I found with Eli is some things I can slip in and it just happens. Other things, um, you know, I'll go down to his level and you've got to say eyes when he knows that that means I've, his, his focus will go. So um, holding eye contact is a big thing. And... Um, just prepare him. And I did. I said, this is what I'm going to start putting. I'm going to start cooking with this. This is healthier. This is going to help all of us. And this is going to help do this. Um, so he knows and he's he's seeing it, but he couldn't taste it. Then after a few days, I said, you know, do you like it? And he looked at me and he goes, I haven't had any yet. And I said, yeah, you have. <laughs> Um, and so it it changes his mind. So he's not adverse to it. Is he, is he cognizant of uh, what it is and what it's how it's helping him? Like uh, when I first got him on it, because he can be so resistant to things. Um, and one thing with Eli, um, like some other spectrum kidlets, is if they make up their mind that they don't want to, good luck. Yeah. 
Like, you good <laughs> luck. I you know, that's the same with most kids, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's um, it's like maybe suggesting that your girlfriend or something looks a bit curvier in a certain dress. You can't take that back. That's out there. <laughs> you can't undo any, that. Any male listening, please do not do that. Yeah, you can't. If she asks if she's too big in that, you know, you can't. If you don't get that moment right, yeah, you're paying for it. That's Same thing with kids. That's why I have a dog. <laughs> a deaf dog. I have, I have best friends that you can rope in when you've got to go to engagements and things yeah. like that. Otherwise, it's a dog because yeah. if it goes pear-shaped, it's outside. Um, <laughs> but it's like you've got to – that moment is really critical. That moment with your girlfriend in a dress is critical. That moment on – because he will just have in his mind and point blank without tasting it. If he decided no, so when you suggested putting it in something, the light bulb went and I thought, you have smoothies, kiddo. Um, you know, the colour is there, the texture, let's go with this. Yeah. Um, and so when I could turn around after a certain number of days and say, oh, but you are having it, then he was receptive and I was like, just try some. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I arguably defy anyone to – pick out MCT oil in a smoothie or, you know, banana, oh, I, coconut milk, you, berries, all the rest of it. There's no way he was going to. So for my advice, um, because I do believe starting with MCT, for me, for his energy level and making him a little more receptive to some things, MCT oil is the way to go. Mm. And, and dose specific too. So, you know, oh, we, we started on like one teaspoon or something. Yeah, we started with just a teaspoon um, just because of the sensitivity of the belly, um, which I can attest to because I just thought I'm Iron Woman and, and went in all guns blazing. That was fun. Um, but oh, we started just, with a teaspoon. Uh, just before we got online, I had a, a significant amount and um, – <laughs> I'm glad you were How's late. That to, I'm for glad you? you were a little bit late to the call because I was, yeah, I was buckled. <laughs> You're feeling the MCT love. <laughs> yeah, just around the midsection, you know. Yeah, it's it's a joyous feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Like, what am I doing this for? I know you had warned me, and I was like, please. So we're we're just we're just for the audience. Uh, for anyone that hasn't taken MCT. It can give you a little bit of uh, gastric upset. Be close to a bathroom. <laughs> but, yeah, if you've never had it before, you probably want to drink it on the toilet. <laughs> it is. Well, it's so, like close I, was, I just thought, oh, what is he talking about? Novice. I yeah. do apple cider vinegar. Nothing is worse than that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it was. Kids are putting their shoes on because I had it in my morning coffee. Yeah, I'll catch kids you are up, kids. Get in the car. I'll catch you up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, are you guys right to walk the first block on your own? <laughs> it was – I could have – couldn't connect you at that point. But um, so started one teaspoon. Um, actually, I think, I think it was like half a tablespoon in the smoothie, purely because yeah. of the size and the density of a smoothie. I think if you're going to sneak it in somewhere else, um, be aware that it's oil. It's going to sit on top. So, um, yeah. you know, I thought, can I be cheeky and give them – we don't 
have fruit juice um, because it can the sugar will just bounce him off walls. Yeah. Um, but I did get to the point where I thought, oh, I might try that in fruit juice. He'll think it's a treat. He'll have it. But when you put it and it sits on top and yeah. it's going to hit their lips first, yeah. you've got to find the path of least resistance. And a yeah. smoothie, if you can get a child to have a smoothie, that's the way to go. Um, another area I put it in is um, I'll make, like, uh, dressings uh, yeah. and I'll add it in well, that way. So whatever works for that child or for that person. I think for any kid, like, smoothies are such a – or any human, you know, yeah. um, adult. It's the go-to. Like a smoothie, you can – you can jam pack some really nutrient dense foods in there, and I, I'm spewing like I Tashi just smoothies aren't his jam. Like he won't go near them, you know. And it, uh, it's my no is the same. And we we talk about it like like how you said you need to prep Eli if you're mm-hmm. going to try something new. I do that with Tashi, so you know because he gets stressed and emotional if you spring things on him. So um, we have these discussions around. You know what I do for work, son? Yes. Okay, so I want you to be the healthiest, happiest, strongest kid in Australia. No pressure, mate. But, <laughs> um, to do that, you know, I'm, I'm only kidding, but I do have this conversation around, mate, I'd love you to have, have a smoothie. How about we have a smoothie in the morning? Yeah, Dad, totally on board. <laughs> Definitely on board, yeah, Dad. And then tomorrow morning comes around and he just... It's just not interested, and it goes back to what you were saying earlier that once they've made up their mind, right or oh, wrong, yeah. like there's no budging. No, like, they are. No I amount think, of bribery, um, arm bending, headlock. No, um, it's just not not on board, and it kills me. I can I can hear myself some mornings. I can hear myself at dinner time, and it's like I'm negotiating something with Donald Trump. Yeah. I'm doing an arms deal at this point. Yeah. And I know it's like some scene from a movie that one operative is going to blow this whole thing <laughs> wide open. Um, and you do, you go in and I'm dancing around landmines and all I am doing is trying to put breakfast on the table, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like if I get the eggs wrong. And he's like, I don't do eggs that way anymore. And I'm like, oh, but you did yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but you did. Um, yeah. But if you get it wrong so severely that it puts them off, um, I just, I'm a big believer in smoothies, not because it's um, the thing at the moment. It's because, especially with a child who is so picky with food, I don't want to say on the spectrum because I think any child is, is a nutter when it comes to eating. Mm. Um, smoothies like uh, pasta bolognese you can hide everything in that yeah and they don't see it coming I mean he has no idea that his beautiful pink raspberry banana smoothie has chia and baby spinach in it I think maybe where I went wrong the the first and only smoothie Tashi had I put in uh, bone marrow oh well done champ high five (laughs) nervous Oh man, I'm just but grinding do, up a whole do, pig uh, over do, here. Um, you should try this. I, I do put um, bone broth in smoothies. Really? Yeah. You see, again, yeah. we're bringing up the burning, the bridge <laughs> of the friendship. Give it a go. I like, 
like how, I like how everything you've suggested has actually worked over the last seven yeah, months. Right. And whenever you throw something new at me, I'm like, oh man, he's on crack. What is this like about? Is en- enough to reap the therapeutic benefits, but not enough to turn it into a, a beef flavored smoothie, you know? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a fine line. It's <laughs> very... know, he, might, he might relish in a beef flavored smoothie. You just tap dance on that thin ice. I'll leave you over there. <laughs> but it's um, – so if you can – that was the one – and I was stunned. I remember one of the first messages and it was like I was jacked up on red cordial with Red Bull with a side of freaking fairy floss. I was yeah. so jazzed when I hit you up that next time saying, oh, my God, that oil is like – I was treating it as though it was gold because yeah. what it gave me um, was uh, this was a child who wasn't screaming to go and have a bath. This was a child that would hop in his own bed and, you know, I can be single forever because apparently <laughs> I have an Eli next to me and a dog. Yeah. yeah. He was in his own bed. Yeah. Um, so... To me, this $18 bottle of MCT oil literally was the, the highest currency in my household. Well, I remember um, you saying that you were, for the first time since Eli, you were able to come up to, to Sydney. I came up. in Melbourne and it was the first time that he was comfortable with yep. you being away for a day or so, you know? Yeah, so I had done little trips and there was always meltdowns, screaming. Um, my mum would is my, my babysitter, my rock, my everything. Um, and, uh, you know, I would feel horrendous because I would do something. I would go out for a friend's birthday or overnight or something and she was she looked like she'd been dragged through a hedge backwards. She was so exhausted. She hadn't slept. She was up with the kids because Eli would crack off and the other kids would wake up and it was horrible. Mm. So for that one moment out or else if even if I was having a night out, my phone is like a Christmas tree going yeah. off. Yeah. And it's easier just to – I'm just going home. Um, Mine's like that with Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Or oh, I'm not sure which one it is. Swipe, swipe, swipe. <laughs> um, and it's like, um, you know, so to for my best friend to actually, so many things I get invited to and I can't go mm. and it kills me. It actually kills me. But mm. to turn around for my bestie and say, guess who's going to rock Sydney, not for one but for two nights. Yeah, amazing. It was I felt human. Um, because I think any parent needs that downtime um, and any parent of someone on the spectrum. I've well, hidden... is, I, I wanted to talk about this when we sort of finished Eli's journey today. But mm-hmm. may, maybe now is a good time. Like, and we, we've never talked about it in various conversations that we had. Like, how, how are you? Like, I know as a parent how, how amazing and rewarding it is, but Equally, it can be stressful, tiring, uh, exhausting. Like it tests your patience on occasions to the nth degree. You've got 
four kids, one on the spectrum, like how how is Becky? Um, kind of like <laughs> to hide behind humour and sarcasm. <laughs> it's kind of good we're doing this where I can't be seen. Um, <clears throat> uh, exhausted. Um, like I live, um, I live in a constant state of fight or flight. Yeah. Um, because I'm really aware if I'm going to set him off, if something's happened. Constantly. We mm. could be having a great time and it can be the oddest thing mm. um, that you don't see coming. So you're constantly like imagine it's someone in full American football rigmarole. You're running the gauntlet before the kids. Um, you're trying to work, be social. <laughs> I don't know what that word is. That's really weird. I would use that. Um, you're trying to be everything for everyone and then compounding that when you don't get sleep, um, compound that when you don't have time out because you don't want to ask someone to look after and you love them desperately. But if I can be really honest, it's hard work. Mm. And I don't want to ask my mum, can you babysit so I can have a good time and she's stressed. Why would I want to put that stress on anyone else? That yeah. I can't ask that of somebody. Um, but it's very, even if it's not having a, a good time and, you know, that picture of you having a night off, giving the kids to your mum and going out with your friends and having a glass of wine, that's one thing. But I think as humans we need occasionally, some more than others, um, solitude and time to kind of... Oh, no, what I'm explaining is having my mum do meal time so I can close the doors and go and have a bath. Yeah. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Um, where I can do meal prep or whatever, someone to come in and um, do dinner so I can literally, I'll go and read a book. I will actually have a bath without the relentless tapping on the door or, mm. you know, yeah. it's just downtime you don't get it you are around the clock Eli up until um with the MCT and more recently ketones he wasn't sleeping through um and he would wander and so I would have to hope that I would hear him get out of his room so I knew what was happening um so you're you're not in that sort of um and I remember this as when when Tashi was so small that you're you're sleeping with one eye open kind of thing. I call it newborn sleeping. Yeah. It's just that I've been newborn yeah. sleeping for seven years. Yeah. Um, which, which is really, really hard. I wouldn't wish me on a partner because I don't know how to sleep. <laughs> mm. So I would keep them up. Um, but that's, that's what it is. You become uh, – you shut yourself off. Because there's only so many times you can cancel on friends. Yeah. And if I do get someone, my mom, my sister, who will babysit for me, um, I don't want to go out. I actually, I would really like to just go to bed. Um, I would just like a bath. I would like to paint my nails and not have them smudged. Um, It's the tiniest thing. 
uh, I could go to a yoga class, go to, and that's why I love that he was able to get into school. But even like last year, his first year of prep, he wasn't making a full week of school, mm. and it wears you down. Mm. And I know, I it's not like he does this um, on purpose, but it wears you down um, to where you can't make good choices. To you know. You're you're exhausted. There's no other way to say it that you just you're flat. You you are you're flat. You yeah. half you remember what you were like, and you're like, I God, that person seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a massive push for me too, is having these changes to where he's sleeping. Um, and yeah, I loved. I have to admit, I loved being able to go and. To say to my bestie, guess who is actually going to romp it for your birthday? Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, that was wonderful. Um, but so now, fast forwarding, you, you've only got 10 minutes left, eh? Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> or have you got less than? Um, I've got less than, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I can, I can rejig. That's okay. Are you sure? Yeah, no, totally. It's a, a thing of if I, they have openings at that time or they have them that I could have gone tomorrow in the morning anyway. So trust me, it's okay. Are you sure? I'm sure. I, you would know, trust me. I am so, literally with what we were just saying, you become so uh, the biggest guardian of your time and what you can give time to. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, so, yeah, it's okay. Okay, so now um, Eli is sleeping through, is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, he's now consistently, the biggest change he started sleeping through, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe three weeks on the MCT oil, a month, let's say a month. Yeah. He would uh, sleep without calling out for me. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, so that was great in its own, but he would still wander. Um, and one thing with some children on the spectrum is they still night wet a lot. Um, their brain, you can't always get the signal to go to the toilet like we would. So we'd wake up, go to the bathroom. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and it's, or when they get the, I have to go to the toilet, it's like a toddler they literally have to go then when they're telling you. Yeah. Um, so sometimes nights I would still have to listen to him to go to the toilet. He was still getting up for that. So, um, But we were still getting a good five, six-hour uh, chunk of sleep. Yeah. And um, so I was so excited by that. Um, but then you, you suggested going on ketones. And um, I'd already looked at this point from cooking anyway um but to actually have uh, an intake a supplement of ketones i was apprehensive i think you picked up on that anyway um on adding something else and um a bit slow to do it however the dramatic change in him with starting to take ketones he now will go to bed and it's quite rare he'll wake up at night. So he'll go to bed, say, 8-ish, um, and he's not fronting up again till 7 in the morning. Yeah, right. So he's not, but he's not either, he's not getting 
he's not wandering. Yeah. Because um, sometimes I'll just find him chatting in the kitchen or in the living room <laughs> to right. himself or the dogs. Um, all of that's gone. Okay. Um, he's functioning better during the day, which I equate to a better quality of sleep. Yeah. Because I, I – I mean, even with adults, I don't always look at the quantity. It's got to be that quality. So I yeah. can put him to bed over 11, 12 hours. But if he's up or down, if he's talking, if he's wandering, um, he might not be fully awake. Um, that's still not quality. Yeah. He's now getting quality sleep. That's so different. So that obviously has other ramifications in all sort of facets of his life. And, oh, I, and arguably yeah. yours. Oh, and, and so damn how, straight. Um, how, um, how does that manifest at school? Um, this one, I this one's tricky for me. Um, I look at it two different ways. I don't know whether it's just the sleep um, that is allowing him to be more focused or concentrate. Because I I know with my, even my own other kids, they can get a great night's sleep. They're still monkeying around. Um, since adding ketones um, on top of the oil and the change in diet, um, and by no means are we horrendously strict with diet because I just it, it's not functional. Um, yeah. Well, it's not functional for my family. Um, but on top of that, his concentration and his focus. So he's putting words together better for sentences. His use of words is better he's able to articulate a situation his needs or what he has to do uh, whereas before uh, a, a way to illustrate it is if I needed him to do a task or if his school teacher needed him to do something she would give him two instructions wait for him to complete that so go put your bag down and get your water bottle out then she would give him the next lot of instruction because too much overwhelms them, they forget, or it's just too much and they'll down tools. Yeah. Um, now he's coming into the classroom, puts his bag down, gets his satchel out, his book out, ready to read, his water bottles, they've got this tub, water bottles there, notices are in the tub, like all the other children. Right. Then if it's... Uh, giving task for whatever that task might be, uh, he's seeing that through. His change in handwriting is astounding. Yeah, um, you've sent me some examples of this. Amazing. Yeah. That, the comparison pieces, um, he took him 45 minutes, I think it was, to do one sentence, and that was with the aid of a teacher, with his spelling and knowing words, and his words were squished together. So the sentence was just massive. Um, and I think it was only three lines, uh, and you, it was quite tricky to decipher. Then, um, fast forward, I think about three months, uh, he wrote a page, and there was use of full stop and capital letters, which might not seem like a big deal, but it is. It's showing a train of thought. And uh, he was knowing when he, that had to stop. So he could use a full stop. Then uh, last week, it was his letter formation, uh, his, no, his spelling and his articulating. He wrote two and a half pages of a story mm. that he 
could use from his mind and timelines and things weren't great. Um, but that's still better than where we are now. These were still moments, actual moments that he could record um, and articulate them that you could understand. Yeah. Um, that's This is covering six months. Um, so you know, of a child. A rapid, um, transformation. Oh, uh, he's. Uh, we hadn't. Uh, for people listening, uh, you and I had made the decision that we weren't going to tell certain people what we That's were doing. Right. Like it was his teacher. Um, his his teacher. He's one of his main therapists, and my mum. That way, there were going to be those benchmarks. Um, because, you know, yourself, you, you want to see change, you want to see results, so you tend to overthink. Yeah. So we left those people out and it was only last week that uh, his teacher, Dahlia, actually pulled me aside and said, I need to tell you about this moment that happened, this exchange that happened in the schoolyard. And it was a group of boys. He was able to articulate it, think about the situation then think about what went wrong and a so solution and his wording was quite advanced. And she just, <laughs> what was that? What was the word used? Awesome. Humility. They need to humility. show more humility. So good. <laughs> um, and it was a real moment and uh, so I actually told uh, Dahlia about you and she was very curious because she's been very supportive of she knew uh, at the start of the year that I was changing his diet and she could see if he'd had a big weekend uh, after Easter was a nightmare um, with sugars and things you can tell people don't give them chocolate but it's Easter um, yeah. So, and she knows him. She's had half a year at school and she knows when he's tired and they have this corner in the classroom and he could often, to avoid getting worked up or frustrated, he would take himself off to the pillows and, um, you know, he was able to regulate himself that way. He doesn't do that. He would often need naps. He wasn't making five days a week at school. Mm. All of this is now happening. It's been, uh, yeah, sounds like it's been quite significant. And so he's able to maintain focus at school, not needing to rest so much. He's able to get a full week in. And now he's gone going on excursions too, right? He is. I'm actually just going to relocate because um, a certain man in question has just walked in. Hey. <laughs> he's, he's got these big eyes and he's just like, oh, what's going on what here? I know you're talking about me. Um <laughs> But uh, he is, he, unless I could attend a, a school excursion or function, he wasn't even doing, um, especially last year, any school assemblies because the singing of the national anthem or any too crowded, it, his sensory, like, he's so sensitive it would just go overboard. Wow. Um and you know through pictures that I've sent you, he will wear tradies earmuffs yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to avoid loud noises. Um, well, this weekend he's got two parties on. Yeah. Um, he's Every Monday he's at assembly in amongst all the children. Um, he's had school excursions that I would normally have to go with him mm. um, because if he didn't handle the situation, he could wander off. 
and a lot of parents of kids on the spectrum, they're refused excursions or camps. It's actually a really concerning problem um, in schools in Australia. They're actually refused because our children can be hard to handle. So we're asked, unless we go along, that they're not able to go. And that's yeah, really hard. Of course. Um, now he participates in all of that. Um, and he's now got friends. He's having play dates. Awesome. Um, he, you know, and it's not just that he's understanding more or there's not toileting accidents. It's because he can be at school. He's forming friendships. Yeah. Having and that consist consistency and um, I guess less attention from support staff just means he's feeling more integrated whether he's cognizant of that or not he's just oh, feeling one of the one of the crew right I think that's the biggest thing for me <clears throat> sorry that part really gets me <laughs> um all you want for your child when you were talking before about Tashi and you want him to be you know the healthiest yeah. and that's what we all want but when you've got a child on the spectrum sometimes you just want them to have a friend yeah and Eli's high um, functioning. So as much as he has his quirks and things, he's still very aware of what's going on and he's aware of birthday invitations going out and games. And kids yeah. don't do it to be malicious. It's yeah. just that they'll just continue playing that game and if you can't keep up, then you're not a part of it. Yeah. And it's so hard to watch your child on the sidelines. So yeah, in many in many ways, um, that side of schooling can be quite brutal, you know. Like if you absolutely for so, if that's reason, like it's just we don't have at that age. We often lack empathy and compassion, and you know, with just trying to find the natural order of things, you know. Um, if that side fails, why do they want to perform in the classroom as well? Yeah, of course. Um, and the hardest thing was at the start of the year, end of last year and at the start of the year, he, he knows he's got autism. And he asked, how long will he have it for? And I can't take that away from him. And I have to look at him and he asked when he wasn't getting some things, and is it because I'm dumb? And it's really hard to explain. At this stage, he was only six, that yeah. he's not dumb. But what he's got isn't a cold or something that I can cure or take away or there's an end date. I had to look at him and say, no, sweetheart, this is just your brain works differently yeah. and we do everything we can, but sometimes we can't. And he knows he's different. Yeah. So if I can, when I started to see changes that made his smile bigger and his world easier, yeah. I think there is, I can't not share that amongst my own friends that have kids on the spectrum, but anywhere, if it can make a slight change or a big change, depending where they are on the spectrum or yeah. their quirks. It's um, monumental. And this is what frustrates me now, and there are times when I get actually, over the last six months, I actually get angry about it. Yeah. Because 
There is research happening. There are clear indications that these things are impacting. I think there's a duty of care on our health professionals and our government to make it readily available, to make the information. It's, you know, it's not a cure, but how dare this information not be readily available? How are we not during that process of diagnosis, not given the avenue of a dietitian or a nutritionist. Yeah. Or this is, even this if... Is, this is a conversation that we had several months ago and I said to yeah. you, how common is the information that you sourced yourself on your self-exploratory journey you've got from me and other, other resources? Like how common is that amongst other parents and grandparents? And... I think you said you'd, I'd be alarmed as to... Yeah, um, that's when I was happy to bring you into some of the autism groups on social media. And then when I started to open up about my story on my personal Facebook page and you saw the impact and how many of people were saying, could you tell me? And I was having to provide your link and you're chatting to these women, not just that it's women, but... Um, I mean, I had that grandmother over in America want to know. You know, this this is a conversation that has to happen and it has to get louder. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of mind-blowing, hey. It's kind of... It, it is. It's, it's something it put, so it simple as food. Of, it puts like, a lot of fire in my belly and I'm sure it has yours in that. Just hearing your experience and like Eli's experience, like we haven't move mountains for that to happen right it's just that's the thing adjusting macros uh embracing real food supplementing here and there we haven't reinvented the wheel but no but the tangible improvements in all facets of his life how the fuck is that information not commonplace you know so if it's not commonplace then i'm sorry becky but it's your yeah. duty of care, to, and I'm what with you 100% of the way, and I'm sure there's many of us that can help spread this message. But oh, it has people, to. It has to happen. It, it has to happen because it, when you can see the areas that it can impact, so it's not just, uh, I know it sounds silly to remove Eli from it, but if I just take away his classroom, the con cognitive uh, changes in him. Uh, If I can remove all of that, he's not hitting his sister. She's happier. They're getting a relationship. Uh, I can change work. I can change social aspects because it's happier. Uh, All the kids are getting sleep. They're happier. There's the ripple effect is phenomenal. Um, And I think it's to the teacher, Dahlia is like, he's a beautiful kid to have around, but now she's not having to spend so much more time. So if people could look at that bigger bloody picture for two seconds and yeah. take, oh, I'm giving a supplement to my child or what it's supposed to look like that these supplements are normally used for physical uh, in the gym or anything, if you can put all of that prejudice aside for two fucking seconds yeah. and see that the stress it's going to remove from teachers, the waiting room of when children are having meltdowns over this and that and, uh, you know, you've got parents clogging up waiting rooms in doctors, 
it's easing off on so many different areas that I really, it's, it's nutrition. It should be the first port of call. And it's taken me from his diagnosis at three and a half to freaking seven years of age for that to happen. It does piss me off because where would he have been? Okay, there might not have been a bloody change, but how dare anyone make me wait three and a half years? Yeah. And so when, when I'm dealing with one of my friends whose son, Atari, he's a young man now. Yeah. He's in his teens, and that's what she said the other day. She goes, uh, thank, you know, she actually thanked both of us, and she's really excited, and she just said, the difference is I wish I had something like this when yeah. Atari was Eli's age. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. And I feel cheated. I feel bloody cheated. Right. So apart from all the excitement, there are some times when I do, I sit there and I'm like, why am I having – to and and you of all people, like nothing against you. <laughs> How many times have I had to say that? <laughs> um, nothing against you, but you know what? We have physicians. This research has been happening as a, a um, talk that you had sent me over the weekend. This stuff was hitting, researching in two thousand and eleven, mm. and it's taking you your personal time from other things that you're doing to research and tweak and do all of this, it's that's where, I mean, that's a lot of areas I have respect for you, but that's a big one. On your own, you say that you've got a fire in your belly, but, you know, for someone who doesn't have a child on the spectrum, you're fighting the battle for us when there should be other people who are willing to as well, you know? Mm. So that, that's a bit of a, yeah, you want to grind your axe on that one sometimes. <laughs> I really do because I just think I don't know where I'd be. Um, I often reflect about coming across you on Instagram and um, you always say you're supporting me. I don't think for I don't think for a second you get the impact you've had and it's so hard to explain it to you. But, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like I don't so much feel like a single parent because you talked before about how I'm doing I was really fucking exhausted but now I can do things and I'm enjoying I'm enjoying being a parent more yeah and you gave me you gave me that moment to exhale and to not always wait for the bad thing to happen but Mm. to enjoy the process that's a really big thing. Yeah, it's huge, hey. Oh yeah. And I, I, <laughs> oh my I, God. I guess um I guess there is because we we have or you have looked outside the box, right? This is how the conversation started about looking yeah. outside the box an alternative. And I I can't fathom why nutrition is in that alternative space, but you've gone on this journey with food and mct and now ketones so if anyone's listening um and has resistance about any one of those changes i guess my response and i'm sure you'll echo this is like what what have you actually got to lose by embracing real food adjusting manipulating macros maybe some supplementation like what 
the worst case scenario, your child you're still presents, where you are. Yeah, your You've child t- presents with no no change. That's the worst case. This scenario. isn't that, and you shit. You're so true. That's that is the worst case scenario. Unlike. Um, you know, trialing different medications with ASD parents, we all know you can be trialing different medications and the side effects can be this, that, and you just feel helpless. This is one thing that A, you have a hundred percent control over, which feels wonderful. I think that's something that I love. And it is natural. I'm not saying say no to medication because yeah, in the spectrum it's necessary. There are certain areas that please. Um, But why wouldn't you want in your arsenal against this have something as basic as nutrition? Yeah. And the supplements, like, alone, they they make him – he's funny as fuck, like. (laughs) So good. (laughs) But um, so, you know, apart from seeing change, you also get a a bit of a sideshow as well. Yeah, that's Um, right. But it's – it really is. I just – and because you can see the changes in such a time, you're not waiting six weeks, eight weeks. Yes, everything evolves, but if you can just give and you don't feel you've got anything left in the tank, but if you can just give it that, give two weeks and an open mind, oh, man, yeah, it's worth it. Um, yeah, I think, I think um, small steps, incremental steps over a long period of time is more achievable and more likely to get adherence than dramatic radical steps and that's the same for for most of us and health doesn't come from one facet or one silo right so it's got to be yeah. a combination of hydration sleep rest recovery nutrition um biohacks and then we're talking about supplements um like it, everything in unison like it's it, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like it's, I think I admire you on so many levels from as a friend, as a parent, um, but also as a person in red hot pursuit of betterment, betterment for your family and betterment for yourself. And that's taking you on this incredible journey of self exploration and food and macros and, and, and ways to sort of optimize the health of your family. Like that's, that's what a, Mum oh. and dad does right. That's what it's. <laughs> we're not supposed to get like that. We're so bad at this. Uh, I'm just glad that we couldn't get video working. Yeah, yeah my makeup will be right down my face now. <laughs> Recognise, darling. It goes with your rollers. <laughs> um, it is. It's. Uh, I think. Yeah, I, I have to say, if I could. Go back to the start of the year, I wouldn't have thought just getting healthier meals um, off Instagram would have given me this. And I'm so fortunate, um, apart from Eli's changes, I'm so fortunate to call you a friend because you know I can text you at any time. Um, Absolutely. And I can just either have a rant or you celebrate each win with me. Yeah. Um, and that's that's amazing and it's that wave of now that I am sharing my story um, a bit more through social media to have that support and to not feel so alone. So I reckon once people start hearing 
seriously, I want to reach out to you. So how how do people find you? Do you have like a? Um, a I know your Facebook I, is is private, but do you have something? I've that, changed that now. I had um, I discovered there's another inbox on Facebook. Oh yeah. <laughs> Messages. Yeah, that's entertaining. Make yourself a cup of coffee and read that. Um, <laughs> But if you can sift through wedding proposals. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah. Where, where <laughs> From, is this other box? I, you go to your inbox and it's got other above it and uh, it's bizarre. Hang you on get now. all I'm, types. Bear with it's me. <laughs> bear with me. I might, have, I might be sitting on a wedding proposal here. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Some of them, I'm like, oh, well, there Holy you go. Shit. No, it was kidding. really strange, but I had people that because my Facebook was set to um, friends only, um, all other uh, messages were going elsewhere. And from about March, I think it was, I started to get streams of friends had mentioned to friends. Um, my sister told me about this and it was really wonderful. I had a dad in Queensland. Um, he was just like, where my wife's exhausted. We're doing this. We've also got twins help. Yeah. Um, so I've actually changed my Facebook to public now, um, purely because I'm willing to, I am Denard, um, uh, you, you know, with social media, you can get all types, but I actually thought for the people that need to contact, um, want yeah. to know more, want to have, you know, some advice or yeah. uh, just touch base, that outweighs the crazies of social media. So both Instagram Maybe. and um, <laughs> Facebook I've opened publicly now. Okay. And um, um, what's, what's your name on there, Beck? Uh, Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-H, Jolly, J-O-L-L-E-Y. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I guess if anyone is curious to hear more about Beck's story, I mean, she is incredibly busy um, with her personal life and study and work. But <laughs> you can hear that she's obviously very honest and open and, and willing to share. Um, so please reach out to Beck or myself. Um, I'm on social media, Scott Gooding Project, because uh, we do – um, we do want to make a difference. We do want to get this message out yeah. there. Um, and if look, if we help half a dozen families, we'll be happy. Like it's, but I, I think we have we possess the opportunity to form a stronger alliance. And I, I, you know, I'm working with Cliff Harvey, who's one of the world's leading researchers in ketosis. And I think collectively we have a pretty um, potent message um and i would love to go on a bit of a road show uh, around australia um i keep nagging you to do that <laughs> yeah it, it's happening I'm, I'm i'm writing a i'm writing an ebook that'll go with it um but i think having cliff on board obviously Absolutely. with his research background gives it credibility because there's going to be skepticism and doubt and that's that's almost encouraged you know that, that, it that, is because it that. makes um, every time I've had someone, even within my own family, like my nana, say, but this, but that, but that, but this. And we've seen it. You and I have seen it on your page. Yeah. Um, you know, I like you, bring it to us. Ask us those questions because yeah. we'll answer it. And then with the beautiful mind and research that's Cliff, 
Go, go for it. Yeah. So uh, the way the vision I have is that Cliff is the the why. What are the why? Why is it good for us? What What are the benefits? This is the research, data, evidence, support. I'm the how. So I can be my job is easier. I'm just how does this? What are the practical implications for this diet? Uh, what are the what are the stuff you know the breakfasts and lunches and dinners you can prepare for your kids? And you, I think you're the you know, you're the comedy, most <laughs> the comedy interlude. No, not at all. Like you're the most powerful <laughs> um, piece of this puzzle. Like you're the real life story. I think Cliff and I can talk around this subject till the cows come home, and arguably some people will listen. But when you're speaking from your heart and real life experience, I think that that holds so much more gravity. But I think collectively. Um, yeah. we, can, we can really touch a lot of people's, um, you know, impact a lot of people's uh, life. So let's make that happen. So um, I'm very working, much so. I'm working I'm, on, a, on an ebook that'll that'll sit with that, and hopefully we'll get that up in the next sort of three or four months. And, and go on a this bit is of a, a change that has to happen. Mm, agreed. You've opened the floodgates. You can't stop it now. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> Pointing the finger at you. All right, Becky. Well, um, I just want to thank you for your openness and your honesty um, and sharing your story and Eli's experience and his story. Um, we haven't even mentioned the other kids. Maybe that's for another podcast. But uh, um, yeah, uh, I, just, I just want to you thank want to you. See, you want to see Matilda heart. on ketones? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you for um, for letting me speak and for being so interested and truly vested in the welfare of children. I think that's my biggest thing is um, you, you're not doing this. There's no motivation that other than pure passion and wanting people to be healthier. You don't have a hidden agenda. Um, you, your authenticity is something to be truly admired. Well, well thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad you can't see the blush. <laughs> it goes with your running mascara. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you so much for your time, Beck. And uh, no doubt I'll speak to you very soon. Absolutely. I'll speak to you soon and thank you for having me. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye.